This is Plant-Based Briefing, Vegan Camping Food for a Family Car Camping Adventure, Part 2, by Brigitte Jam at veganfamilykitchen.com. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson, and this is the curated content plant-based podcast, where I narrate articles with permission on a variety of topics related to healthy, compassionate, and sustainable living in about 10 minutes every weekday. Today's article is longer than 10 minutes, so I've split it into two episodes. I read the first part yesterday, and today I'm reading the second part. So go back and listen to yesterday's episode first if you haven't already. It's by Brigitte Jem at veganfamilykitchen.com. She offers delicious whole food plant-based weekly meal plans to make meal plan and batch cooking healthy, delicious vegan food really easy. She also has great recipes and strategies for success on her website as well as downloadable free meal planning templates. But if you know someone who's interested in whole food plant-based eating but doesn't know where to start, they can try her free planned and plant-based challenge. It's five dinner recipes plus a shopping list and a clever prep plan to make healthy, delicious, stress-free dinners next week. You can find it all at veganfamilykitchen.com. Now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. Vegan Camping Food for a Family Car Camping Adventure, Part 2, by Brigitte Jam at veganfamilykitchen.com. Prep Ahead I don't mind cooking, but I didn't want to be packing a bunch of raw ingredients and multiple containers for seasonings. Fresh produce takes a ton of space, especially leafy greens, and I preferred not to have to pack those, but I also didn't want to just be eating beans and rice for three days. Prepping the food ahead took no time at all because I just doubled up on existing meals and preserved the extra with dehydrating and freezing. Basic chopping also helped. Dehydrate. Two of the meals, our lunches, were dehydrated in our home dehydrator over a year ago. When I make more chili, curry, or some other stew than we have an appetite for, I dehydrate them by spreading the mixture thinly on my silicone-lined dehydrator trays. After a few hours, they are dried to a crisp, and I seal them up in vacuum-sealed plastic bags for storage in our emergency preparedness kit. I talk more about this in my blog post, Should I Buy a Dehydrator? A Vegan Viewpoint. Now that I have tested the food, some of which was almost two years old, I am convinced that this is a good strategy and I will be dehydrating leftovers more regularly in the future. It also worked great to bring fruit like bananas and watermelon. This would be the perfect approach to prepare vegan camping food for backcountry adventures. Freeze. Next time we go car camping or even to the cottage, I will adopt the same strategy. Pre-cook and freeze some yummy vegan camping food at home. The frozen food doubles up as an ice pack in the cooler, too. The biggest challenge is to get portions sized right because leftovers are harder to manage in the woods than at home. Chop. I pre-cut two medium containers worth of raw veggies to eat as a side with meals, including carrots, radishes, and bell peppers. I also brought an English cucumber, leftover mixed greens from our CSA box, and lots of cherry tomatoes. Unexpectedly, my daughter, who normally doesn't volunteer to eat greens, decided to make herself a salad. Camping takes people away from their normal environment, perhaps encouraging them to experiment with new foods. Cookery Packing List Despite the relative simplicity of our meals, we still had to pack a number of items to cook and serve them up. Here's what we brought. Double burner propane camping stove, purchased from a second-hand sports shop. Could have borrowed one from a neighbor too, but I wanted to have one for our emergency kit. Propane cylinders, based on hearsay that a cylinder could provide two to two and a half hours of cooking time on high, we brought one cylinder per day, and it turned out we didn't even use a full one. 
I think the fact that most of the food was already cooked and only needed reheating made a big difference here. Camping pot set, including two pots with lids, a skillet, and a tiny kettle. Couldn't find a good used kit, so bought this one instead. Cutting board. Two sharp knives, one santoku and a paring knife, both of which I wouldn't be upset losing. Silicone spoon and spatula. Tongs. Wash basin and dish drying rack. I should have brought a second basin to keep clean water for rinsing the dishes, but I forgot. Two dish towels, two rags for random wiping and a scrubby to wash dishes. Water cube with tap, refilled at our campground's nearby fresh water tap. But I also brought aqua tabs just in case, plus bottled water from our emergency prep kit as I try to replace it once a year. Skewers to roast marshmallows, plastic dishes and cutlery, and a strainer. It would be a good idea to bring something to strain pasta and also to remove food residue from the dishwashing water, but I also forgot that and had to make do with the spoon. The cold and frozen foods were packed in a large plastic cooler with two bags of ice. We also had one big shopping bag full of various meal-planned dried foods and another bag of snacks. Additionally, we had a small soft-sided cooler for the fresh fruit and veggies. Camp cooking and dishwashing Cooking meals was a breeze. Start the propane camping stove elements and gently reheat whatever we were having then, while crudite and hummus were available on the table for snacking. I decided against using the fire pit to cook anything. It was quite humid while we were at the park, and the firewood we brought was not perfectly dry, so it required a copious amount of chemical fire starter to get going. And even then, it wasn't much of a fire. The fire starter cubes contain kerosene, among other additives, that make it unsafe to cook food until the cubes are fully consumed, which can take 20 minutes or longer. We started the fire at dinner time, and by the time we were ready for s'mores over an hour later, I figured the toxic fumes had dissipated but I don't know if I'll do that again. After I was done cooking, I'd fill a pot with fresh water and bring it to a boil. Mixed with some cool water and biodegradable soap, it was perfect for washing dishes. You can read more tips on dishwashing in the outdoors, including quote-unquote dry cleaning, in another post I've linked here. Wildlife-Friendly Vegan Camping Food When camping, remember to be wildlife-friendly by removing all food residues from your plates before washing and filtering the dishwater before dumping it, preferably away from your campground. The food bits left behind attract wildlife, which is not only dangerous for you, care for a bear visit in the night, but also terrible for the animals. Indeed, bears and other wild animals habituated to human food will likely be tracked and put down by, quote, conservation officers. So make sure to dispose of the food residue in a bear-proof dumpster or canister, or lock it up in your car overnight. What if it rains? There was no rain in the forecast for our family camping long weekend, and thank goodness the forecast was accurate. If there is any chance of rain, however, you have to be prepared for it. A shelter to pitch over the picnic table would be ideal. In our case, if we were surprised by a shower, I would have cooked in the open trunk of the minivan and brought the food into the tent to eat. Whatever you do, never operate a camp stove inside your tent, however well-ventilated you think it is. What's your favorite thing to eat while camping? You just listened to Vegan Camping Food for a Family Car Camping Adventure, Part 2, by Brigitte Jem at veganfamilykitchen.com. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. And please comment on this episode on social media if you have any suggestions for vegan camping. Would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.